This podcast was produced on the lands of the Wurundjeri and Wadawurrung people, and we pay our respects to their elders past and present. This is Ingredipedia Bites, a super speedy Q&A with some of our fave foodie friends and inspirations. We'll ask some rapid fire questions and the answers will give you a little peek into their kitchens, snack drawers and eating habits. The only rule is our guest has to answer truthfully. Today our guest is Lee Tran Lam, food journalist and host of great podcasts like The Unbearable Lightness of Being Hungry, a big inspiration for us, and the new Culinary Archive podcast, which explores super interesting Australian food stories. Uh, Okay, Lee Tran Lam, what was the last thing you ate? Okay, so there's a place in Sydney called Cairo Takeaway, and as you could probably guess from the title, um, they do Egyptian food. And I took it away and I got their cauliflower plate, which is fried cauliflower with tahini. And they do the Egyptian style of falafel, which is like the broad bean, like that bright green broad bean style. But my favorite thing to have from there is actually they do koshari, which is like Egypt's national dish. And I have to thank the show Rami for telling me how to pronounce it properly because I've been mispronouncing it for a really long time. Mm. But it's like three things that I'd be too lazy to cook, which is like um, like a spiced tomato sauce and then pasta and then lentils with fried onions and then chickpeas. So I also love to get the koshri from Cairo takeaway. Um, and what's the oldest thing in your fridge? There is a jar in the back of my fridge um, of this shiitake exo sauce by a chef called Mitch Orr. And he's... <laughs> He was doing it as like a pandemic. You know how at the beginning of the pandemic, every chef suddenly had like a condiments range. And so he was doing that early in the pandemic. And I think I got this one March 2021. And I have been like frugally uh, microdosing because <laughs> it doesn't exist anymore because now he runs a restaurant called Kiln, which is really great, but he's not doing his condiments anymore. But it's so delicious okay well let's bring the temperature down a little bit what's what's the best thing in your freezer it's this korean style garlic bread from a place called slow sloth bakery which i heard of from um chocolate Sue's, who was like one of the first food bloggers in sydney and every time she does something on instagram i have to like screen grab it because it's always interesting and worth checking out but it's run by a woman called ellie who had a food truck in taiwan and apparently always dreamed of being a cook and she was doing this uh in sydney i think she's since moved up to queensland and i have this like patreon podcast every week where i kind of talk about lots of things like what i've been reading and listening to and eating that week and i i remember on the patreon i said something like there's enough garlic in this korean style garlic bread to kind of supercharge your immune system and like repel any hibernating vampires within about 10 postcodes because it (laughs) has like a really strong dose of garlic in it and which is why it's so delicious so I've got a bit of that stashed in my freezer. You mentioned Mitch's condiment before but what's your favorite condiment? Close to the uh, Mitch or excess sauce but something I like frugally ration as well is there's a brewery in uh, Marrickville in Sydney which is sort of like 
the craft beer capital of Sydney. Uh, and there's a place called Wildflower. They also have just uh, been for fun brewing their own soy sauce. Um, and the first batch was a bit of a tragedy and like one barrel got knocked over and the other barrel was didn't smell very good. But their second barrel I got to see, I think maybe May 2020, I was just hanging out there and I was like, hey, can I check out the soy sauce you're um, brewing? And that took a year to brew. And then I was given uh, a, a bottle of this um, when the Culinary Archive podcast came out because I interviewed Topher Bain from Wildflower and he talks about making this soy sauce in his brewery. Um, and so, yeah, that feels really special. And I've been like, yeah, like the tiniest dabs of soy sauce have been <laughs> sprinkled on my food. But that's so delicious because I don't know if there's anyone really making their own soy sauce in Australia. No, I found that p- part of your podcast super interesting. Um, I also want to try it. How is yeah. it different? How is it different to like, you know, this store-bought kind of Kikaman style soy sauce? Yeah, it's interesting because I'm not like the biggest soy sauce nerd, but um, Tofu, when I interviewed him, he said um, there's like a depth to it. And when you taste it, there's a real depth to it, like a real richness. Um, he says a third batch, which they've just, I think, bottled is even better. But I think this one that I got, the second one, there's a lot of flavour. Like, And especially if you brew something for a year, I think, it has time to accumulate a lot of depth and complexity. Your choice of chip packet. I am a big sucker for yeah Japanese potato chips and I bought a huge amount of this soy butter flavour, um, the Kalbi soy butter flavour. Um, you can get it from various places. I got it from a place called Snack Affair, but I think Kalia in Melbourne also sells these chips as well. And what about your choice of chocolate? This is so hard because there's so much like great chocolate. Um, even just like in Sydney, um, there's a place called South Pacific Cacao and they source chocolate from like the Solomon Islands to help farmers egg, like get a better price for the cacao. But they also make really good um, chocolate. And um, there's another place called Meltdown Artisan that's in the Blue Mountains and they use yuzu and a lot of um, Asian flavours as well. And the woman who runs that, Jen Lo, like she taught herself how to make chocolate. I think like learning to temper from like the Cadbury website and then and like buying chocolate from the supermarket and then realising that that's not how you should teach yourself how to make chocolate. And then she <laughs> learnt properly and like she's won awards for her chocolate as well. Uh, but also you guys have um, Bird Snake. And yeah. they do really interesting flavours. Like they did the... Um, this touches on one of your past episodes, um, the Chotomoto um, chili yeah. um, crisp. Yeah. Um, and they do another one with like a potato chip as well. Oh, so I think. Yeah, yeah I think I think they do that with, um, with 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 Chappie's, Chappie's chips. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's no, right. So um, just... yeah we, we tried the, uh, the ch- oh, em, em got, got me the, the, the Chotomoto one and it's, yeah, it's wild. It's so, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's so flavorsome. Now, what is your go-to toast topping? Some people might be like, this is shameful, uh, or some people might be like, this is ingenious. But um, I find that, especially if you don't own a microwave, if you take flatbread 
and you put whatever leftovers into the flatbread and you smush it into like a sandwich press, it's always delicious mm. and it's better than microwaving anything. So usually it's just like leftovers shoved into, yeah, flatbread and then sealed in the sandwich press. Okay, your favourite quick snack. I do find it handy having some Vita-Wheats around and, you know, you can just be boring and put some Vegemite on it or sometimes you can put, like, tahini and some za'atar. Um, sometimes I just sprinkle, like, furikake on it if I don't have any time and that's <laughs> probably a lot of sodium but it's quite delicious and very easy. What's your favourite cookbook or recipe site? Uh, yeah, this is really tough. I think there's also a difference from the places where you bookmark and you actually never cook anything, but you have this like aspirational idea, like the New York Times food app. Yeah. I paid for it. I've like bookmarked so many recipes. I've cooked zero. <laughs> um, and then sometimes it's just like if you just get one good recipe out of a book or a website, it feels like eternally invaluable. So I think the walks of life have this really great fast congee recipe where you freeze rice and then for I think at least eight hours and then you have congee in like 20 minutes. I think you just oh, like cool. throw it in a pot, boil the water, and then you just add ginger or whatever you like. Um, so I feel like eternally grateful to the walks of life <laughs> for that recipe. Yeah, nice. Okay, the best food that comes in a tin. If I'm trying to eat well, I guess I would say something like chickpeas, right? Because it, that's like nutritional ticks and um, you can do so many things with it, right? You can turn it into like a dip or you can chuck it into a salad or you can add it to a pasta. So, yeah, I guess that's like the nutritionist like approved answer to like something you get out of a tin so that's what you would say in your my day on a plate in the good weekend (laughs) that's right right. you know it's funny when I did my day on a plate um luckily it happened to be a day where I did go on like a 15 kilometer walk but the day before (laughs) I think I ate um breck that I'd forgotten was in my fridge and had been sitting there for a week and I was like kind of borderline should I eat this or not? Because it's been in there for a week. But I did. And also the same week I had like four lamingtons for lunch. So my day on a plate is like um, quite misleading because you might sound good when you do it. And I didn't lie when I did my day. <laughs> okay, okay. But it's like, oh, ask me 24 hours earlier and it would have been like <laughs> hilarious and like uh, nutritionally like disastrous answer. Last question. What's the next thing you'll probably eat? Actually got given some sourdough. So I'll probably eat that from a place called Berkelo. Um, They have really good bread and they also do really interesting pasta as well. I don't know if you guys have gotten a chance to try in Melbourne. You can buy it nationally, but oh. they make pasta out of like emma wheat and Coruscant and all these like interesting ancient grains, but it's all sourced really locally. Um, yeah, they do this really good macaroni as well. So I would probably eat some leftover sourdough from Berkelo. Lee Tran Lam, thanks very much for, for joining us on Ingredipedia Bites. Oh, thank you. It's such a pleasure, especially as someone who's listened for many years to be on the show. So thank you so much. <laughs>